Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Hughes 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes. It's hot. It's a little toasty. I don't like it. It's a little warm. You know, uh, one of my favorite Simpsons jokes is when they find the uh, old band tape of Mr. Rogers, him say, and when he was drunk, on the, and he's like, what do you mean I can't take my sweater off? I'm hot! <laughs> that's um, that's the energy I'm going for with the heat right now that ah. is happening. I am complaining in spite of the fact that all around this country, people have been dealing with this for much longer, and we're having it for two, day, two days. Yeah, we two. get two days One, of two. summer. One, two. Uh... Who are you? Me, Kate. Ah, me, Betsy. And uh, this Fuse 8 and Kate. Yes. What Fuse 8 and Kate do? Fuse 8 and Kate is the... Go uh, on. Go on. Is Any the minute. podcast... No pressure. No pressure. Which involves two sisters... Yes. ...who talk so good. about yes. Muppets. What is... No! <laughs> no, she was so close. She got, like, right up to the edge, and then just... Sometimes no. we talk about Muppets. Uh, not untrue. <laughs> you could technically say we talk about everything. You could say asteroids. You could say puppies. Uh, but in this case, we talk about picture books. Oh. And whether they are good or if they are bad. Yep. Now, recently... Book Riot. Are you familiar with Book Riot? No. no of course you're not. Uh, Book Riot's a site. Uh, they come up with fun little articles. That's just their thing. They recently came out with the 20 most influential picture books of all time. And it was an interesting list. Uh, many of the books here, I'll, I'll just show you a little old list here, and you can sort of take a look at it and see if you uh, recognize recognize any of the titles on here. See, do you, do you recognize any familiar faces on this one? I sure do. We've got Eloise, which we did. We did the pokey little puppy. We did. We did everybody or everyone poops. Yep. Yep. I think we did chicka chicka boom boom. We did do chicka chicka boom boom. Hungry caterpillar. Yes. And where all the wild things are. Very good. Yes. But this was that's a that's a that's a smattering. They had twenty. 20 titles on here. Now, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of these. They're like, The Emperor and the Kite, because it was the first one Ed Young illustrated. And I'm like, you know, dudes, Lon Po Po, come on. Um, Eloise, I mean. I mean, it was influential. This isn't saying these are good or bad. Just that they had influence. Mm. So I thought we should probably do one of these that we have not yet done. And as it just so happens, uh, one of these books is illustrated by Mr. Jerry Pinckney. Now, we've... We've done many a fine book by Jerry Pinckney on here. Uh, Mirandy and Brother Wind. Uh, Didn't he do a Little Red Riding Hood? He did do a Little Red Riding Hood, yes. So uh, he died in October of 2021. He's actually got a book coming out right now called A Walk in the Woods, which he... That's awkward. Well, (laughs) it works out. He illustrated it. He got the sketches down. Then his son, who is also an illustrator, who have not done on this show... Uh, finished them, and then his granddaughter uh, put both art styles together on the computer. So wow. it's a family affair. It's a very good book, highly recommend it. But we are not doing that book because it just came out. Okay. We are doing. John Henry. By 
Julius Lester. Illustrated by... Jerry Pinkney. That's right. It is uh, probably the quintessential John Henry, in that there are very, very few John Henry books for kids. Which is baffling, but true. So... I don't know who John Henry is. Should I know who John Henry is? I'm just gaping like a fish <laughs> right now. My, my mouth is like a guppy just going up, 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 I up, mean, up. that's the public school um, system for you? <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie, guess what? We're gonna do some learning. Okay. Go learn that book. Okay. Okay. What? Kate does her read. I'm not gonna talk to you about Julius Lester. I'm not even gonna talk to you about Jerry Pinkney. You know what I'm gonna talk to you about? John Henry, friends. We're talking about John Henry. Now, Kate may not know who he is, but uh, I do. And I've got a funny story about him. So, uh, every once in a while, and I'm afraid. Maybe the last time I did it was 10 years ago, so I'm old. But every once in a while, I will poll people out there in the universe and ask them to give me a list of uh, any public children's literature statues they know of. And then I compile what they tell me into a ginormous blog post called The Complete Listing of All Public Children's Literature Statues in the United States. I'm only doing the United States, people. Stop sending me stuff about Peter Pan. Don't care. So... Uh, there is a John Henry. Of course there is, you would say. That makes sense. Because there's a million Paul Bunyans out there. So if there's a million Paul Bunyans, there's gotta be a million John Henrys. Not so, my friends. Not so. In fact, I can only find one. One single solitary John Henry statue in the entire United States of America. That is actually in the John Henry Historical Park in Talcott, West Virginia. Sorry about the pause there. I forgot what WV stood for. Uh, the sculptor is Charles Cooper. It was made in 1972, uh, which was actually, coincidentally, the 100th anniversary of the completion of the Big Bend Tunnel where he plied his trade, or so say the denizens of Talcott. And the statue weighs about three tons, and that is a good thing because it has been exposed to enormous and extreme vandalism. He has been riddled with bullets, pickaxe holes. He's been dragged along Highway 3, and he's been doused with, yeah, white paint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now he can be found at the entrance of the Big Bend Tunnel uh, as of 2012, unless he's been moved again. I don't think he has. But he is fully restored. He is repaired. Uh, if you want to go visit him, just hide these hence to Talcott, West Virginia, and, uh, and take a peek at him. He is the only statue of John Henry in America. I'm gonna die with the hammer in my hand. You never heard that song? That, no. That was... Okay. That's depressing. Yeah. And then he does. He does. Yeah. He dies. He dies. Spoiler alert. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> we missed the century-old uh, <laughs> end, you know, ending to John Henry. Yes. Well, the title page... I would like to frame the title page spread. I don't think I've ever said that before. No, you have never said that before. It's it's a two-page spread with the left side of the page being uh, the mountain and nighttime, and mm -hmm. the right side is the mountain and daytime. And yes. I know we've discussed Sassy Suns before. We have discussed Sassy Suns. But this is a wise sun, an all-knowing sun, a sun with eyelashes. Oh, does it have eyelashes? Dish whittle ones. Oh, that's cute. But I thought that I looked at the sun, I was like, oh, that's a wise sun. That is a wise sun. You would trust that sun's counsel. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
And then you turn the page. And, and all the text in the world falls on your lap. Yeah, there's three big paragraphs of Which is, an introduction. It's very usually that's at the back. These days, they, that would be the back matter. No one would put it in the front. At this yeah, point, no. Because they'd be afraid of like scaring folks off. Yeah, this like, is yeah. front matter. I looked at this and I was like, oh boy, okay, here this we go. Is, this is when they figured people weren't afraid of text, I guess. But in short, the paragraphs just explain that this is a book based on a song about the contest between John Henry and the steam drill. Right. So, so industrialization for, versus men. First, John Henry is born, um, and all the animals come out, like the sun comes out, everyone comes out to everyone see comes out. the baby that is John Henry, except when you look closely at the illustration, like yeah. you see all these animals come out, like there's a unicorn and a bear. and it's a unicorn? There's a unicorn. Oh, there is a unicorn. Yeah, but there's Jeez. also you know, a deer and there's a, a lion that clearly is like, oh yeah, I'm totally interested in the baby. Come here, deer. <laughs> exactly. Come that, here. That must be a mountain lion, right? Oh yeah, it could be okay, a mountain lion. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's gotta be a mountain lion. I mean, these are all American, uh, ex- including the unicorn. It's <laughs> all American uh, animals, so yeah, it's got to be a mountain lion. Sure, but I just like that it's yeah. Clearly oh, no, no, no. Its interest may be purely. Uh, <laughs> I mean, stomach, why else yeah. would his tongue be sticking out? True. Unless, he's anticipating his. Unless name. he's thinking, mm, baby. Well, also <laughs> he's like surrounded by smaller animals. He could just like take a chomp out of it. Like, what, what's on his left there? Is that a bunny? Yeah. Yeah. But you turn the page and you see the bunny is still there. Okay. And, Miraculously. And you see the baby is no longer a baby. Uh, the baby uh, yeah. has grown before their very eyes. It's like a Benjamin Button sort of situation. Or, 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 or it could be like those TV shows where they just can't deal with a little kid. So they just age them really fast on the show. Well, he, kind of a WandaVision thing. He ages 20 years in the span of a day. Does he really? Well, roughly. I mean, if you look at that face, that's oh, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. a 20-year-old. Yeah, yeah, 19, 20, somewhere yeah. around there. This is in the course of a day? Yeah, the next morning. They were just going to abandon was, any pretense that this was historical no, at no, no. this point. The next day, okay. he was up at sunrise. Right. He's. I think he's wearing his dad's clothes. because. Well, he better be, because <laughs> I'm sure his onesies aren't fitting him as well. Yeah. And it says that uh, he added a wing onto the house with an indoor swimming pool and one of them jacuzzis. However, the spelling of jacuzzi yeah, yeah, yeah. is freaking me out. Okay, what's it spelled? J A C. With you so far. U T Z I. Jacuzzi. 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 Yeah. Huh. Right. Weird. Is right? that a spelling somewhere? Did you look it up? Did you see like somewhere? It's. It's supposed to be spelled J-A-C-U-Z-Z-I. U-Z-Z-I. There's yeah, no yeah. T. They just threw a T in there. Why not? I mean, this kid's not real. Might as well make up spellings of yeah, words I mean, anyway. They're just going to tall tail the heck out of this thing. So <laughs> why not? And throw in a jacuzzi. Why not? Man, I want a jacuzzi extra wing built by a With an indoor old... swimming pool? Yeah, built by a one-day-old baby. Have heck <laughs> he's not a baby. I think he's about 20. No, he's clearly 20 or But something. I'm thinking, like, if every day he turns 20 years old, then he wouldn't live yeah, he's longer gonna, than a work week, you know? Much, he's going to be like one of those damselflies, yeah. <laughs> I thought at that point he'd only live to be about five days. Right. He lives to be about eight. Oh, eight days? I counted. It's about eight wow. days. Wow. This so, is a sad story. It sure <laughs> Poor is. Poor guy. So the next day, he's been alive two days now. All right. He goes, they do. He goes into town and he meets up with the meanest man in the state. What's his name? <laughs> his name? What's his name? Tell me his name. <laughs> Ferret-faced Freddy. 
That's a good How name. How unfortunate of a nickname You kind of have that? to be a bad guy if your name, or just a Weasley. You'd be like a Weasley guy, right? Usually, like, Ferret Face Freddy would be just, like, a like a side, like, goon or something. It says he cried if he had a nice thought. And, <laughs> That's awesome. And John Henry, uh, like, makes a bet, like, you on your horse and me just on my legs, and whoever can race the fastest... Uh, you know, well, uh, you can work me as hard as you want for a whole year. If I win, you have to be nice for a year. And it says, and this is weird, his voice, Ferret Face Freddy, yes. his voice sounded like bat wings on tombstones. Can you please, um, can you please, that's good. now thinking of that, can yeah. you please say the words, it's a deal, John Henry, as All right. as a voice sounding like bat wings All on right. tombstones. You want me to do it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's a deal, John Henry. <laughs> okay, that's the best I could do, right? I'm trying to do like the bat, like wah, 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 kind of part of that, but, you know. And then this is the tune. I just right wanted here. to be like Bane. It's like Bane, yeah. It's a deal, John Henry. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's a better one. I like that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I just thought, okay, so right, they do this race. Obviously, John Henry wins. Yeah, because otherwise this would be like a really boring book. And now I'm thinking, like, if he cried every time he had a nice thought, does yeah. that mean. If he now has to be nice every day, does that mean he just cries every day? Yeah, he's now sob face, fa- yeah, Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> but they call him Frederick the Friendly now. Oh. But wait, he's... wait, where was there a statute of limitations to this? He has to be nice for the rest of his life for a year. Okay, thank God, thank God. <laughs> As someone who hates having to put on a happy face at all times, if she, if she doesn't want to, that seems fair. Okay, now you turn the page and it says. Um, you know, John Henry was uh, decided it was time to go, and his dad is totally okay with this. And I'm like, Dad, he is four days old. You're okay. To be fair, he was getting a little weirded out by the whole super aging thing. So, <laughs> I mean, go make your fortune, son. Maybe he looks like he's in his mid thirties now. Oh yeah, no, no, he's still he's still a young man though. Yeah, he's still a young man. So he goes to this boulder that all these guys are like chipping away at, and it's really an interesting use of watercolor to provide texture not only to the fabric but also to the rocks as well yeah um because some of it looks really soft some Mm -hmm. looks very hard but i do like at the very tippy top there's a little tiny black bear that's overlooking the whole thing oh little bear yeah he's really Really cute high up okay (laughs) but these guys are like oh we're gonna just set off some dynamite and john henry's like i can help you and they're like no 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 we got this he's like all right so it says the road crew planted dynamite all around the rock and set it off. Kaboom! And I just feel like this would be a really fun part oh, to yeah, read to in read front aloud. of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you could scare the crap out of yes, them every time you read that part. Especially if you do the way part. you just did it. Yeah, with like the talk really soft. Kaboom! Right. Yeah, I yeah, feel like it could be fun. That would be an excellent read aloud. However, the text does not match the illustrations at all. I'm not quite sure what John Henry is doing. It looks like he's stealing mules. He does look like he, or he's, he's wrestling them, possibly. Yeah. I think he's just trying to get them away from all well, the smoke and the dynamite. Well, maybe they're freaking out because of the and... sound, and he's trying to like calm them and keep them away. It, from it just, it yeah. doesn't. There's no thing in the text that explains what he's doing. No, Jerry Pinkney just decided. You know what this are... book? This needs a whole mule sequence <laughs> that, that Jerry, you know. Wanted to put in there. Yep. And so and Lester did. forgot to write in. So there you go. <laughs> so the dynamite didn't work. And so John Henry gets to work and he starts hitting his hammers against the boulder. So he's got two hammers. He's got two hammers. And so it's like right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm, right arm, left arm. And it says 
And I think if this were written now, this would be changed. Mm -hmm. It says, The boulder shivered like the morning when freedom came to the slaves. Yeah, I, that would be that would be rewritten these days, yeah. Yeah, also the the introduction that had the three long paragraphs, mm -hmm. that also said slaves, not enslaved. Yeah, enslaved would be what it would be. Which I, about. yeah, I think mm -hmm. that if this were to come out again, I think that part would be rewritten. This is what I, I don't quite, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you with like a baby that grows up 20 years in a day. I'm with you with a guy <laughs> running faster than a horse. This is where you lose where's, me. Where's your limit? It says, there in the air above the boulder was a rainbow. I don't get how he's making a rainbow when there's no water. It's because the rainbow goblins. They've come back. <laughs> the rock rock does not make a rainbow. Rock does not, not maketh a rainbow -eth. <laughs> Well, maybe if he had was, a spring, an underground I, spring. I'm thinking the, maybe mm. if he just sweated so much. Yeah, no, that would be a different book. <laughs> if it was today's heat. Mm, well, and, yes, that's actually true. And yeah. he's and he's working hard yeah. and he's sweating a lot. Maybe that's how he makes a maybe. rainbow. I, but I, that's where. It's, it, is it an, un, it's not an underground rainbow. Is no, it? it is around him. It's, it's, it's shimmering and it's around his shoulders, it says. Huh. A little strange, right? All right. A little yeah. odd, but. I'm sure it's a metaphor or something. But he gets through the entire boulder. He makes a road and he goes on his merry way because oh. he, he does want a job. He's just a wandering guy who occasionally helps out on railroads. Yes. Okay. And he comes across these guys with a steam drill. Now, this is really the first time you see his size compared to everyone else's. Yeah, he's, he's, he's quite tall. He, he is. I, I, would, he's a... I would say he's at least seven feet tall. Yeah. At mm -hmm. least. Probably around eight feet, like seven and a half, eight feet tall. He's a big yeah, guy. He's a big old guy. But he puts up a contest and says, Your steam drill against me and my hammers. But there's no stakes. Like, right. It's just, let's have a contest and That's odd. for fun. Okay, so just to give a little context to this, usually in the John Henry story, there are stakes. And the stakes are if he wins. The guy will not put everyone out of the... Because that's... The steam drill is going to put people out of a job, is the idea. So uh, he will not put people out of a job with a steam drill. And if, if oh, that's, he wins... There's no mention of that. Okay. So this... Huh. Okay. Yeah. So the next morning, uh, you know, the steam drill is going to be on one side of the mountain. And John Henry is going to be on the other side of the mountain. And I really like this line. It says, what he saw was a mountain as big as hurt feelings. Which Ooh, I like that. See, I like Julius Lester. He has fun with his writing. He could have just done a straight retelling, but he's like, eh, let's put some poetic language in there. What the heck? Yeah, I mean, this is, it definitely reads like poetry at times. Like, mm -hmm. there's another line, next to the mountain, he didn't look much bigger than a wish that wasn't going to come true. Oh, that's nice. Right? That's a good one. He, this guy has a way with words. He sure did. Can we talk about the competing fashion sense that I'm getting Ooh. off of these illustrations? Okay, yes. Okay, so we have the main steam drill guy, mm -hmm. right? He has got some fabulous, like, 60s retro pants. Wait, seriously? They're, oh, we will put these on Instagram. Okay, yeah. And then competing with him is a guy who has a green and yellow scarf that shouldn't match anything, yet it's a brilliant pop of color next to his trapper hat. It really holds the trapper <laughs> hat together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's these two guys competing for who has the better fashion okay, sense. Okay, I want to see them on a catwalk in five, four. <laughs> 
work, work, okay. work it, work it. So then we come across a beautiful oh. two-page spread with Wordless. no words. Wow. And it shows guessing. the two sides competing on other side of the on the two sides of the mountain. You have the moon showing on the side with the steam drill going into the mountain. And you can also see like a steam engine in the background. And then on the other side of the mountain, you just see John Henry and nature and animals huh. and and the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. Wow. Uh, see, that's... It's it's a good publisher that has the guts to allow a, a two-page wordless spread. When the illustrations are this beautiful, it's... Well, they wanted. were trying hard for a Caldecott. It did get a Caldecott honor, but it did not win the oh, award this year. Boo. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. We'll have to look up what did. So, John Henry, he's working his way through the mountain, and sure enough, he... Went through uh, by a mile and a quarter. The steam drill had only come a quarter. Oh, okay. That's a... Again, in the original John Henry, it's neck and neck until the very end when he barely wins. Oh, no. He definitely won So he just, like, destroyed that steam edge. And then he comes out into the sun, the rainbow is around his shoulders, and then he dies. (laughs) This seems strange. He doesn't... In the picture, he doesn't look like he's been upset or or no, no, even no. winded slightly no, it by says the with a thing. smile he closed his eyes and he slowly fell to the ground john henry was dead and i wrote my notes <laughs> what twist he lived eight days that's it yeah i'm wondering if like kids who've been read aloud this like if they're listening and they get to that part the kids are like what are you talking about he was fine. Yeah, it's weird. Is it a, like a too good for this world type situation? Or I, I don't know, but yeah. he he's dead and they're, they put him on a train, know. like a flatbed railroad car, and the train makes its way out of the mountains. But what is really interesting is that there is a clear moral to the story. Oh. And it is written in the text. Oh, oh. I'm never a fan of that, but all right. Well, maybe you'll like this. Okay, all right. It says, Dying ain't important. Everybody does that. What matters is how well you do your living. Okay, see, that's a good moral. Okay, I'm I'm fine with that. That's fine. And then his body is taken to D.C., and then he's buried in D.C. by the White House, and that's the end, which is kind of a weird ending. That's a weird one. Yep. Uh, Yeah. See, the the disadvantage to this is that if you make John Henry, like, an actual normal guy, then a lot of these things don't strike you as strange. Like, you know, he's, he's like many... Uh, African-American men worked the railroads because that's where the jobs were. Of course, the railroads are kind of controversial these days because of the indigenous populations that were forced off their lands and then the railroads would come all through. And uh, then, you know, he doesn't want to be put out of a job. He has one hammer. The fact that there are two hammers in this is just driving, like, I am so baffled by that. He has one hammer. He does a really good job. He's very strong, but he's like a normal guy. And then they get to the end and then he dies because of the strain on his heart, they say. Yeah, usually. that's what they say here. Yeah, oh, strain on his heart. Yeah. All right. Um, but why? But you you mentioned yourself. There weren't any stakes involved. Like, what was he right. trying to just prove? He, nothing. He just, right, that's what's He so just suggested this contest. He won. And then he died. That's his prize. Huh. <laughs> I mean, you can't contest Lester's language. Lester's language is amazing. Julius Lester was one of the great you know, authors of children's books uh, when he was alive. And, of course, Jerry Pinckney 
really put his back into this one when it comes to the art. Like it's he would not win a Caldecott Award for another. Okay, what's the pub date on this? 1994. Okay, so he would not win for another mm, 20 years, and eventually he would win. But it took a while for he won for Lion and the Mouse, which was wordless. Uh, and was long overdue, as many people thought, for getting the proper award. Um, so yeah, ratings time. Well, the illustrations are amazingly good. There's so much detail in the nature scenes, but I love the use of watercolor in the fabrics and also in the texture of the mountains. It is, the way that it is written and illustrated here, it is clearly a tall tale, um, but it makes for a good story. I'm still really confused about the spelling of jacuzzi. Uh, <laughs> But, but the writing is like poetry at times, and the moral of the story is important for kids and adults alike to remember, so I gave it a 7.75 okay. out of 10. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. Um, yeah, it's funny how they changed the original. I, I feel like some of the changes just don't make a lot of sense, but I do feel there's a lot that's, I mean, it's fun. And that's so key. Like, a lot of these, you know, retellings of tall tales... I mean, John Henry is one of the very few African-American tall tale figures. And if you want to do like a dry, oh man, there's like, there are some dry tall tale picture books out there. They, they are not fun to read. This is actually fun to read. It's a fun story. It's beautifully illustrated. Um, but I have quibbles with some of the changes that were made. So I'm not quite as high as you. I'm more of a seven. Okay, well, it's above a five with yeah. our scores combined, so it's a classic. It's a classic! Letters time! Ooh. So we were off last week, uh, off to our respective areas of the world, and in the meantime, you put out a tattoo quiz on the old Instagram, did I you not? I sure did. You sure did. So as it turns out, um, Nick Brule, uh, who comments quite a bit on, on that which we do, um, author of the Bad Kitty books, he's got... Bad Kitty makes a movie coming out December 26th, because clearly his publisher hates him. <laughs> um, anyway, he said of the tattoo quiz, I only got too shameful. But then he says, but I also got this pic in my email just a few days ago. And it is a image of someone who has actually tattooed one of his, his character, Bad Kitty, on their flesh. Wow. Right. Well, I suppose if you're going to have a tattoo, it's going to be on your flesh. I, I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> yeah. And I asked him, is this the first time? Someone, I mean, just that's just mind blowing to me. It's like you create this character and then someone puts it permanently on their skin for life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Is that your first? And he's like, It's not my first, fourth by my count. But I hear you. I don't think of it as a weight so much as an extraordinary honor. This one is interesting, and in in it's the first time someone who's grown up with my books decided they were so meaningful that he put this into his body once he turned 18. Previously, it was parents or librarians who felt how meaningful my cat was to the children around them. I kind of love my career. So Aww. there you go. Children's literature tattoo comment. For nice. You. Yeah. Grown-up things we like. You go first. Okay, so I was in Stratford, Ontario for the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. I had not been back since COVID. Used to go all the time. This year, I saw a lot of Shakespeare. Saw a lot of not Shakespeare. Uh, the Shakespeare I saw, there was uh, much ado about nothing which had a second playwright attached who added a beginning and a very, very long speech by Hero at the end. Because that was needed. It was a thing, all right. It, it was like, you know who the most interesting character I'd like to hear more from is? Hero! <laughs> Isn't she interesting? Uh, then I saw a King Lear that was a most traditional King Lear. Paul Gross was Lear. Boy, it, like if you wanted like a straight retelling of Lear, this was that. 
And then I saw a Richard II, which was basically set in a Studio 64, uh, had an entire AIDS subplot, which was just lines from other Shakespeare plays kind of put in for the subplot. And, uh, oh boy, it was, it was very, 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 very gay. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it very much, but it was, boy, boy, oh boy, it was, there was, there was live sex on stage practically. Not actual sex, but it certainly might as well have been. And I'm just looking around at all the little old ladies and little old men around me, and I'm like, you guys are getting an eyeful today. There you go. But it was an excellent production, and I liked it very much. Oh. Okay, well, okay. I guess we're transitioning from that to my time in Vegas. Well, I think uh, it's a pretty good transition, if I do say so myself. We uh, we did quite a few things. There's, I went ice skating, because that's what you do in Vegas, right? You go ice skating? Well, because they have all that ice, so yeah. 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 I got to skate on the same ice as uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, so that was pretty cool. Oh, Their really hockey cool. team that just won the Stanley Cup. I have heard of them. Uh, and it was raining a lot, so it was best to stay indoors. Yeah. But uh, something fun that I had never done before was I hired a psychic. That is cool. And I had her do readings for uh, my husband, the penguinologist, and a mm-hmm. friend of mine. And uh, what she said was very interesting. But for me, she was the most specific with dates. That's she, so interesting. I've never heard of that before with the dates specific. Because yeah, you would think she, they'd want to leave themselves a little leap. Maybe nope. She, she said that in October, there. I'm going to be getting a new job opportunity. Right. Fall into my lap. Uh, and then between the months of March and July of 2024... I will be pregnant with a little girl. Well, I think, didn't she say if you wanted to be pregnant, though, right? Well, if you she, want to be, then she, you will be then. Right. Right. But she said it would definitely need to be within the next three years, right. but most likely it will happen between March and July of and 2024. And it's a girl. Well, muzzle t- <laughs> <laughs> to the future baby that may or may not exist because you went and saw her. <laughs> Right. I can see no flaw in this plan. Well, let's yeah. see if the job thing happens in October. Because I mean, that, even right there. Because if, the if that doesn't, yeah. then I don't really have high well, hopes. Well, didn't say you took the job. Just that you got a job opportunity. As True. Yeah, True. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Somebody's, somebody is like listening to this podcast right now, and they're like, I'm going to offer her a job in the circus, just waiting until October. It's going to make this come true, one way or the other. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we've done ourselves some John Henry. You, I think, I think we've all learned a little something here today. Yeah, yeah. we all die, so you might as well make the most of your living. Okay, that's that's yeah. That yeah. actually was the moral of the story. Yep. Okay. Well, now I know what the tagline for this episode is going to be. So <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> Woo! It's not going to be how do you spell jacuzzi? Ah, <laughs> uh, that is maybe the subtitle. <laughs> Possibly. Well, until I figure that one out, though. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our hammer time is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>